This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description. A practical prayer is a prayer that works. These discussions between Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence dive into the details of how it works and how to work it. Reverend Bill is a New Thought minister and the author of Practical Prayer for Real Results. Your new life begins with a new thought. Carol Lawrence is on a spiritual quest, finding the New Thought teaching after decades on the pulpit in three different traditional denominations. I've got some questions. Together, they're exploring the philosophy and activities that come together from many of the world's religions to create the practical spirituality that is New Thought. Welcome to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. We have a wonderful conversation to uh, kick off what we're celebrating Pride Month, and that's about gay pride. And there was a question that came up about how might trans people use practical prayer when they're being attacked law-wise and physically and having to do with their safety, and also the broader picture about there's a lot of division that's going on inside of the gay community. So that's a perfect question for two straight people, so let's have at it. I say, what nerve do you have? You know, you're going to discuss something that you're not even a part of. But I think we can do a little bit because it's a human problem, you know. Exactly. Yeah, it's a problem that everybody experiences or every group experiences at some point in its history or in its journey. So I can speak from my perspective because I am also from a group, so to speak. And I just see a lot of similarities. Oh, yeah. And I completely agree. And it's the tendency of groups to other groups that are somehow different than them. This is my tribe. And those are others, whether it's one band of others or everybody else is an other in their own various way. And it's the outsiders. And actually, as I was thinking about this, the old sort of tongue in cheek technique that I have to guarantee that humanity, all 8 billion of us could come together in an instant is space aliens. (laughs) If we have creatures who are capable of doing all the stuff that we're capable of doing and possibly even a little more, and they have six or eight legs and three eyes, then suddenly humanity is all exactly the same. And there's those other guys. (laughs) Yeah, I think, and I'm not sure, somebody will have to send us a note sometime this week to tell us where the actual starting point of this is. But I'll start from where I sit, because I'm in a group. And in America, we're just all in bunches of groups. You know, so mine is African-American and African-American female is another group. So I'm in a couple. And I think the same thing happens with every group. Let me just start as African-Americans as a whole. The assumption is that we're a homogeneous group and that everybody thinks the same and moves the same. The notion of the Black community. The Black community. Like and, you're all going to go to the same picnic. <laughs> and it's, it's a nice notion, sort of a dream kind of notion. But believe it or not, there are so many differences within our community or within our culture. And when people approach with a stereotype of how Black people think and they are, whatever, 
you're standing there thinking like, that's not me. You know, where'd you get that from? But also within the culture itself, and I'm assuming in every culture, they're the same dynamics that are present in the whole of all cultures combined. And I don't know if that's unexpected. Do you know what I mean? I'm not sure if it's unexpected. For example, if I, well, how about this? I served in three mainline denominations. The assumption is that the denominations are different. And there are some differences, but they're subtle. Oh, yeah. Well, you get into the Methodist church and they think that the Baptists are different. Yeah, but there are three or four things that anchor you to Christianity. After that, it's all a go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's differences in the nuance and the techniques. Yeah. So when we come together in each denomination, I experience this. And there's one denomination that I don't talk about because it wasn't mainline. So we'll just leave it at that. (laughs) But it's still the same. You know, there becomes a hierarchy and a ruling class or all that kind of stuff. And I think that's a group dynamic. And I think it probably exists in every single group, no matter what that group is. So while we come together because of our difference and we've been marginalized for whatever reason, so we all find ourselves over in the margin and we kind of support each other. Now that we're supported, now there's some things we got to address on the inside. You know, there's that three-letter word, that ego thing, you know, it just shows itself in so many different ways. So I have no doubt that it is in every group. Mm-hmm. I think that that's absolutely true. And by the way, the same thing happens in New Thought, because New Thought is this, this grand, wonderful idea, and we can all trace our lineage back to the stuff that Ralph Waldo Emerson wrote down and didn't explain, and Thimbius Quimby experimented with and proved works, which is basically the practical prayer technique. And Thomas Troward and Emma Curtis Hopkins put some feet on it so we could actually use it in the world. And then people took this great teaching and they started heading in slightly different directions. So the Unity Church of Christianity, or now it's just Unity, is one of them. And then there's what Ernest Holmes did, which is Religious Science, which was Religious Science International and the United Church of Religious Science. There's one that's divided into two, which is now combined back into one called the Centers for Spiritual Living. And then there was divine science, and there are other little ways that this is coming about. And there's some offshoots of unity and some offshoots of divine science and all the rest of these, like the Agape International Spiritual Center is an offshoot of religious science. So we can continue to divide and unfold ourselves in different ways. And somebody who's sitting in a religious science church can look at somebody who's in unity or divine science and say, those are completely different. And they're not. They're the same teaching with a slightly different flavor. It's like going into the Baskin Robbins and fighting about whether it's rum raisin or chocolate chip. It's like, it's ice cream. You're in an ice cream store. Let's celebrate the ice cream because we're not in a shoe store and we're not in a steakhouse. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about this. I don't know. I can't remember what day you sent the memo, but it just, all these ideas just started firing off in my head. And I thought, okay, now be careful the way you say this, but say it. Okay. And here's Carol saying it. This is me saying it. And let me assure you that if I mess this up, I'll fix it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Carol, take one in that case. Okay, okay. So I thought, Pride Month. Why do we have this? Why do we have this? You know, I mean, everybody's okay. Everybody isn't okay with you. So you have Pride Month. And I said, it's the same thing as Black History Month. 
would or yeah, it's African American, whatever. February, Black, Black History Month is February. Yeah. Yep. And many of us are offended by that because what happens is when you have difference, you have to be special in some way to be recognized and say, I want to be appreciated and so forth, rightfully so. But, you know, for me, it goes back to this. What the heck are we missing here? That we have to actually step out and demand to be recognized and respected and so forth. It's basically the lack of understanding or the failure to understand that we are all unique expressions of God and that we're made in the image of God. If you could just get that, like just get that in your head or in our hearts, there would not be such a need to separate ourselves and say, hey, look at me, I'm worthwhile, I deserve respect, I deserve what, you know, because then we could, as a human race, move to the next level of Christ consciousness or the next level of spirituality, whatever way you want to define it. Now, I hope that came out right. But before somebody tells me that that's a Disneyland dream, I get it. (laughs) And I understand. And there's actually, you inadvertently slipped in that little four-letter word that makes what you were talking about so much more challenging in the real world than it is in the world of sensibility, where we can just assess things and say, this is obvious. And the four-letter word is just. Can't we just all get along? It implies that getting along is going to be easy. Can't we just acknowledge the intrinsic value of every human being? Well, that's a heavy lift for some people who have spent a lifetime feeling better about themselves because they're able to marginalize someone else. And I know exactly what you're saying. Why do we have to have Gay Pride Month? Okay, does that mean that the gay community can't be proud the other 11 months of the year? For 11 months, every time except February, we don't have to talk about Black history, and then we can ignore it. And the same thing happens And I got into huge trouble about this at the very beginning of Black Lives Matter, when my observation was, yeah, Black Lives Matter, all lives matter. And I realized that I was approaching it from exactly the wrong direction, because I can say that all lives matter. And people look at me, middle-aged white guy, and say, what do you know about anything? And how can you say that? And how can you say you're trying to take away the importance of what we're trying to say, that Black Lives Matter, because they do. And what I realized is that until all lives matter, until Black Lives Matter, no lives matter, until we can have gay pride 365 days a year, we need to focus on the fact that that's actually a thing. We need to be able to identify and bring that out so we can celebrate it and say, this is okay. This is a perfectly acceptable way of life and it can be celebrated and enjoyed and there can be parties about it. And we happen to do it one month a year so we can really bring our attention to it. And then we can't take a breath and then do it again next year. And the hope is that eventually we'll get to the point where it's not that important to have to do it because it's part of the the way that we are. I hope we get there because with candidates for public office, that's put up as something. And I'm thinking, why do we need to know this? You're fine. You know, it's like, I don't really care. I just want to know what do you bring to the table? You're going to do this job better than the last guy did it or the last sister did it. You know, I don't really care. And that's me, because when people are talking and they've been hurt, they don't know who they're talking to. So I guess it's important to make a statement. But I just want the world to know that some of us are cool. You know, we just want to be. (laughs) There's a word just. I don't know how to say it without that. 
I understand. I honestly understand. But I want so desperately for us to get to a place where it's not part of our resume, part of the human resume. We're just there with each other. And to be able to use just and have that be irrelevant means that it's not unjust, which in a lot of cases it is now. Let's take a break and continue talking about Pride Month. Learn to put practical prayer to work in your life. The steps are simple to learn and let you begin to get real results to create the life of your dreams immediately. Reverend Bill Marcioni's widely acclaimed book, Practical Prayer for Real Results, gives you a clear summary of the new thought principles behind practical prayer and the series of easy-to-understand steps found in the most effective prayers from religions and spiritual practices all over the world and throughout history. Practical prayer is not a replacement for your religion or practice. It's a technique to make the work you do in consciousness even more effective. The book includes 40 prayers on various topics that you can adapt as needed and use as your own. Practical Prayer for Real Results is available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook on Amazon or at b-the-light.com. That's b-the-light.com. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol, here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. We are talking about Pride Month, and the question that we got from somebody who listens to the podcast is, how might trans people use practical prayer when they're being attacked law-wise and physically having to do with safety? And then broadened out into the divisions within the, quote, gay community, as though there is one community, which is where all the gay people hang out, <laughs> which is not the case. And we're talking about how there's the tendency for us to divide and then subdivide and subdivide our groups together. And at this point, I've been getting back to the primary question about trans people and the threat that they're under. Let's focus in a little bit on that because that is the group that has become very easy for some politicians to want to attack. Yeah. Well, a lifetime ago when I was in modeling school and the agency was located in Center City, Philadelphia, And the classes were at night. And I was a young teenager at the time, maybe 15, 16, whatever. And I'd meet my mom or whoever was picking me up at a particular restaurant. And they would say, don't go in, just we'll meet you there. Well, don't tell the kid, don't go in, you're going in, right? So I'm going with some of my friends. And there were the most beautiful, beautiful women in there. And I would stand there, I'm just in awe because they were perfect. And They would just smile at me and I'm thinking, but we're the ones that go to modeling school. We need to bring these women into where we are so that they can tell us what the deal is. You know, I just walk up to her because I'd talk to anybody and I just, your makeup is perfect, blah, blah, blah. And one woman came to me and said, you don't know who we are, do you? And you know, they were just feeling sorry for this kid. And I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, like, you just, all right, <laughs> no, well. I, I don't. Who are you? And then I thought, well, maybe I just stumbled into where, like, stars were, you know, people that were stars of some kind. And she said, we're trans. And, like, is that a place? So I said, I brought that up to say that some of us are so, we don't know. We don't know, and I'm mad at anybody. And 
she turned to her other friends and said, she's okay, which told me that, are there people that aren't okay with being in here? Like, I just stumbled (laughs) into a place that's not okay. What? And you're selling the same food. This is a nice restaurant, you know. So I became a kind of accepted little thing that comes by from time to time. And they knew my name and blah, blah, blah. And so I'm feeling really special in this special community. And nobody said anything mean or tried to do anything mean. So I'm thinking, this is all right now. Several decades later, I'm wondering, what the heck is wrong with people? These people are people. Mm-hmm. And matter of fact, I get my makeup tips from them. <laughs> and people tell me that I'm cute. My makeup looks good. Hey, can I tell you where I found out how to do it? And I'm saying that affectionately, jokingly, I just don't get it. I don't get why we're bothering people. They're not bothering anybody. They're just doing what they do. Yep. Wonderful phrase that I absolutely am a huge fan of, which is love is love. Mm-hmm. And if there is a relationship and a connection between two consenting adults, it is none of my business who either of them claims to be or what agenda they happen to have. If they say, this is my person, and the other one says, this is my person, have at it. There are some things that I prefer not to think about (laughs) just for myself personally, but you know, that's just me. That's just me. But I celebrate the love unfolding and the opportunity for that soul connection to happen. Yeah, I'm not sure. Let me say this. I have taken many, many hits in the Christian community because of the position that I have always had all my whole life. I just had it. I don't know why I had it that way. It's very much opposite of the community that I grew up in and certainly not a welcomed position to have as a Christian minister. Now, things are changing. They are changing, but They're not changing enthusiastically, and they're a little bit slow. But I have always been pushed to the margin because I think weird. And, you know, once they slap the label of a liberal on you, you're pretty much done where it comes to to elevation. But you know what? I don't care. I never did because I always figured God was going to elevate me above y'all anyhow. (laughs) If you love God, whatever that means to you, if you espouse any of the attributes that God is. And most people only know that they don't know anything. They say, well, God supposed to be love or work with that. Okay. Let's start with that. And if you hang on to that one, there's no way you can be as ugly. And I'm saying it as ugly and judgmental as many are. And I think I'm going to make a reel about that. <laughs> you know, cause here, you know, Church is declining, and we don't know why. And da, da, da. It's because the love and attribute of grace and all that, I'm trying not to mix up the words too much, it's just not there. You know, allowing God to just be God's self through us as it relates to other people without putting judgments on it and all that kind of stuff. You know what? Listen, we're going to break in a minute, but I got to say this. So I'm talking to my sons and they're very much the same way. And you hear people say, well, God doesn't like this. And God said this. How you know? Yeah. Who's putting words in God's mouth? I mean, how dare you? I'd be in the church, you know, and that, listen, I had a mic every Sunday, every Sunday, even between churches, I had a mic. And when church was over, I was at a mic somewhere else. And I didn't mind saying that this homophobic stuff y'all doing ain't nothing but the flavor of the month. 
because as soon as another quote send comes up that is more politically charged and whatever else, you'll forget that and hang on to this just like you did. You shouldn't smoke. You shouldn't drink. You shouldn't do something. You know what I mean? So this is not, I'm trying not to say this is not God because you know I'm getting the language mixed up here. Like, this is not an expression of God. Right. How about that? That's what I mean. It's, it's fun to watch you get frothy. <laughs> you get charged up. I'm trying to find the right words, right? And I hear exactly what you're saying. And there's the story about during his ministry, Jesus took a whole bunch of criticism for hanging around with the lepers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, there's the lepers and he goes and hangs around with them. Okay. And Jesus said, no, this is good. We love everybody. Mm -hmm. And I can't imagine that lepers were okay, but trans people are not. Like, what's up with that? For somebody who's saying that, oh, this is against Jesus, is like, yeah, I don't think you're identifying the guy <laughs> who you're claiming there, because that's not what he was about. Just for myself, and before we take a break, a ridiculously powerful and very dangerous tactic to try. And I don't know if anybody's going to do it, because there are now states where there are bathroom laws, where you have to use, everybody has to use the bathroom of their gender as assigned at birth. Well, I can imagine an incredibly large group of trans and drag people go in and use in the wrong bathroom and see if they can get some attention. Again, very dangerous, but boy, is that going to get some attention and have people say, you know, maybe it's okay if we could just like not have to pay attention to this and you can use the other bathroom. You know what I'm wondering? What the heck are y'all looking at in the bathroom anyhow? <laughs> I mean, you know, wait, what are you doing? Just go take care of your business and get out. I don't care what the next person is doing. I never sent my children into the bathroom by themselves ever anyway before this was ever an issue. And by the way, my kids are 35, 40, and 37, 38, something like that. I'm talking about a long time ago before this was ever an issue. They never went in the bathroom by themselves. So what's the big deal now? You're not sending your kids in the bathroom by themselves. You go in, take care of your stuff, and leave. Mind your business. Mind your business. And go on because you messed up your day. <laughs> <laughs> I got you frothy again. This is great. <laughs> I'm just all about treating everybody right. You know, stop all this nonsense I'm doing. Let's do another break. And then we're going to have a practical prayer on how that safety can come about. Is Reverend Bill letting you know that the practical prayer for real results class is now available on demand. That's right. You can take it at your own pace anytime you want. All of the information is at bethelight.com. That's b-the-light.com. You know where to find that stuff. The class is five lessons broken down into 18 modules, and you can take them at whatever pace is comfortable for you. As you work through the process, it starts out with the theory, goes into the practice. There are experiential activities and exercises. And at the end of the program, you will wind up with an understanding of how practical prayer works and a practical prayer for yourself that will work to create transformation in your life. And as you know, it works for everything. Take a look at the class online at bethelight.com. There's a sample lesson so you can see how the class is going to work for you and then dive in. The great news is it's on sale now. You can register and save $20 off of the regular price. I'm looking forward to seeing you in class. Welcome 
Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. I'm still laughing at me getting frothed up. (laughs) (laughs) It's adorable. I love when that happens. And the prompt that we've been dealing with for the episode is about Pride Month. And the question is, how might trans people use practical prayer when they're being attacked law-wise and physically and having to do with their safety? So that's what the prayer is about for the program. That we're, and that's what we're going to close with today, is a prayer on how we can have safety come about and physical safety, legal safety, to be in that place of safety. And this is a perfect example because when we are experiencing injustice, when we're experiencing that fear of being othered, of being marginalized, of being attacked, being undermined, and it's everything from being pushed out of society to being pushed into jail, to have our lifestyle and our way of being challenged and undermined, and that's dangerous. And then what do you do and how do you deal with it and all of those threats that are coming? And you never know what direction it's coming from next. And that is all very real. It is very real to have those experiences, to have those concerns, to have those fears. And the prayer is about turning our attention and our awareness to something bigger. So we know what those challenges and what those situations are. We know that what we want to have is safety and well-being and equality and fairness. And in situations where we don't know how that's going to happen, we can leave the how aside just for now and turn our attention to that infinite creative power, that one, God, divine spirit, nature, the creator, the big bang, that source from which everything flows. There is one power and presence that shares itself as everything, everyone, everywhere. It is infinite energy. It is limitless love. It is all intelligence. It is all knowing. That one shares and expresses and reveals itself in billions of different ways, an infinite variety of ways. Everything that exists is that one infinite energy vibrating in its own particular way. Everything is that divine presence. And because that's true, I know that's true of me and of each one who is listening to this prayer and of everyone who is in a marginalized community experiencing that challenge, that difficulty, that otherness that might have happened up until now, and to know that that is not prescriptive. Principle is not bound by precedent. What has happened in the past does not need to happen in the future. There is transformation possible and available in this moment and in every moment. So we set the intention for that goodness, knowing that each one, each one within the sound of my voice, everyone within these communities, everyone everywhere is that divine love expressed in its own way. So I call upon safety. I call upon harmony. I call upon balance. I call about peace of mind and comfort and ease and effortlessness and joy and the experience of love and health and comfort and vitality for everyone. Knowing that when somebody is successful and happy and joyous and loved and loving and prosperous, joyous. It takes nothing away from anybody else. It is an infinite universe and love and more love, good and more good, prosperity and more prosperity, health and harmony, and more and more and more is always available. So that's what I call upon for everyone in their own way to experience that love, that goodness, that harmony, to be that bright light of love that he or she or they are and to know that love is at hand. And I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for the ways that this is showing up. I'm grateful to be able to let go of the how and open to the wow, to know that this good is happening and it's happening more quickly and more powerfully and more richly and more harmoniously than anybody could have imagined. When we turn it over to the infinite, fabulous is possible. Instantaneous is possible. Transformation is possible. 
and so I claim it. And with this intention for the good unfolding for each one involved, I speak this word and I release it into that creative law, the one that always says yes. And I know without any question whatsoever that that law is now responding. There is nothing in the way of this good. It is coming about now. And so I let it be. And so it is. Practical Prayer Podcast with Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence is a production of BeTheLight.com. Be-the-light.com. Where you can find more information about practical prayer for real results. Our theme is by Music of Wisdom. You can learn about the spiritual community of New Thought Philadelphia with daily guided meditations, weekly celebrations of spirit, and Reverend Bill's classes in practical spirituality at NewThoughtPhilly.org. This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description.